0: Welcome to Bangalore Revival Centre, a church that is dedicated to loving God and serving people. Today, we have Pastor Pridhi ministering from the Word of God, from the series, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Today, he'll be ministering on the revelation of El Shaddai. Hope, this will be a blessing to you. Lord, we, we come into your presence and we ask you to speak to us. We ask you to minister to us. We ask you to fill us with fresh revelation ask you to open up your heart to us in a new way today god open up your mind to us in a fresh way in a in a in a way that we have not seen and experienced before every time we come into your presence and we experience a fresh revelation of who you are we know that we are transformed we know that we are changed too. We know that we experience a, a, a new thing in our own life. And we just commit ourselves to that newness that you have planned for us. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Um, we are studying this series uh, by the title, Hallowed Be Thy Name. And why are we studying this particular series? What is the reason why we are studying this series? To understand the names of God. What is uh, the benefit of understanding the names of God? We know the character of God. We know the uh, personality of God. And the more we understand the personality of God, the more we will have uh, a change and transformation even in our own lives. Because the Bible says, the, when we behold him, we become like him. When we see him, when we experience who he is, when we admire who he is, and when we elevate who he is, we will also be changed. We will also be transformed. Amen? And uh, the one verse that we've been going back to in this entire series is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Let's read it out together. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven Hallowed be your name Or in other words May your name be honored May your name be lifted high May your name be glorified May your name be the center Of everything in our lives May your name be the uh, Be the Be the primary factor In every decision that we make In every area of your life may in every area of my life may your name be the center may your name be the cornerstone may your name be right at the middle of everything okay that is the prayer if you read the passion translation of this verse it it says may your name be the be, be, be like the place where which is of prime importance and may everything the glory of your name be what our lives will be surrounded around. Amen. Amen. We, when we read Psalms 115 and verse 1, the Bible says, this is the psalmist, this is prayer. And the, he says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. So this is the psalmist saying, not to us, O oh Lord, not to us Not not for our name But to, but for Your name and but to Your name, that is where all the Glory goes, that is where All the praises go, that is How, that is the way We want to live our life because Your name, because You are full of unfailing Love and faithfulness And that is why To you, not to us but to You but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and for your faithfulness can this is this our testimony is this something that we can say about our lives is this something that we can believe and and declare and pray that this is how we will live our lives that every day that we walk every step that we take every decision that we make we do it not for our sake but for your name and for your glory why because of his unfailing love and his faithfulness you know your faithfulness and my faithfulness it is very limited we have our challenges we we are limited in in the way that we can express our love for god we are limited in the way that we can we can even understand the love of god but his love is what is truly unfailing and unconditional every other love is conditional. Every other faithfulness is conditional. But his faithfulness, the Bible says, it endures forever. And that is why the psalmist says, when he has a revelation of how faithful God is and how loving God is, the Bible says, he, these guys, they, they look to God and say, Lord, not to us anymore. Now, my songs are no longer about me anymore. My prayers are no longer about me anymore. My dreams are no longer about me anymore. My, my ambitions are no longer about me anymore. It's all about your name. Your name. The next verse, Psalms uh, 34 and verse 3. This is a mutual exhortation. It says, come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. So this is a conversation or a a, a mutually edifying worship session going on over here. And what does he say? He says, Come, let us tell, let us speak of the Lord's greatness and let us exalt His name together. Now, the first level is where we dedicate our lives to the glory of His name. Okay? The second level is where we say, God, even, even though we are... You know, uh, Making sure that our lives Revolve around the glory of your name And there will be times when There will be fantastic things that will happen In my life I don't want to take any glory, I want to give all the glory To you, not to us But to your name And the third level is where this guy says Now let me bring other people Into this group and let's Let us together Exalt his name, together Worship his name, together Lift his name high. Together give praises and and glory and honor to him. Amen. And you know one of the best things about the New Testament Christianity is that Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to obey everything that Jesus taught us and that God has spoken to us in his word. And, And that requires for us to mutually exalt each other to exalt his name there will be times and seasons in someone else's life when they will lose focus of his name what do you do at that time do you just criticize that guy for losing the focus or do you are you the reason why you would go and tell him come come I know that you are suffering with this but let's not exalt your problem let's not be talking only about your issues let's not be talking only about your disease let's not be talking only about your lack let us tell of the lord's greatness let us exalt his name together when we see that our life is spinning out of control then we will exalt the name of Elohim why? Because he is the controller, he is the sustainer, he is the one who is in charge. He is the judge. He is the supreme creator who who has everything. And and when we exalt Elohim, we walk in the same authority that he gave us as his creation. Amen. Because the Bible says he placed us a little lower than Elohim. You remember that from the book of Psalms? Just a little lower than Elohim. That's where. Best places and he has given us authority. So when we tell of his greatness and exalt his name together, what we actually experience is a fresh revelation of that authority that we have in his name. When we are going through brokenness, when we are going through confusion, you can invite this Yahweh Adonai, this Yahweh Elohim, this Yahweh God who Who wants to be involved in every area of your life, your life. Who wants to give you detailed instruction, detailed answers and assignments and tasks that will help you to fulfill your call, that will help you fulfill your purpose. In the Garden of Eden, you would see that God, from the moment that Adam became a living personality, God wanted to be involved in his life and and he was involved in his life on a daily basis. Every evening, God will come in the cool of the day, he will come to walk with Adam and Eve, to have a conversation with Adam and Eve, to ask them, what did you do today? To ask them, hey, where all did you explore the garden today? What all did you eat today? what, What did you try? Did you try something new? Did you try something different today? God wanted to be involved in their life The Yahweh wanted to be involved In their life So when you feel lonely When you feel hurt, rejected, betrayed You can invite, you can exalt This Yahweh In your life and you will see How that personal Presence of this Yahweh This personal involvement of this Yahweh Will begin to manifest in your life The last time we learned About Adonai Do you remember Adonai? Adonai means Lord Adonai means Master Adonai means To be in that place Where He is uh, Somebody that we We are going to Obey and submit to Right And And there will be times In our life Where Where we We do not see a, You know A lot of results Where we, we We want Our lives to go A different way From how Our life is actually going And that is when We can call on Adonai, and we can negotiate with him. Do you remember the story of how Abraham negotiated with Adonai? How, uh, what are the other names? Daniel negotiated with Adonai. Moses negotiated with Adonai. Samson, at the last moment of his life, he called on Adonai and said, Adonai, will you come and once again restore my hair, restore my strength. And the Bible says God did restore and that's the power of Adonai. When you're feeling weak, when you're feeling let down, when you're feeling like you're, you're, you know, your life is not going the way that you thought it should be going, you can declare your love for your master and you can invite him. Invite his touch, invite his presence. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 9 and verse 3. The Bible says the Lord said to him, This is Solomon, okay? The Lord, that is Yahweh, he said to him, this place that you have built where my name will be honored forever, I will always watch over it for it is dear to my heart. What is Yahweh telling Solomon? Solomon just built a, a beautiful, massive temple to glorify and to honor the name of Yahweh. Right Now Yahweh is looking at this temple And he says I know the reason why you made this temple And it is not for your sake It is not for your father's sake It is not even for the people of Israel That you made this temple You made this temple, why? Read it with me This place you have built Where Where my name will be Honored I have seen this place I have this place has caught my attention this place has caught my uh, you know love I'm, I'm gravitated towards this place why because this is a place where my name is honored that's why Jesus said where two or three gather in my name what do I do I am in their midst and that's, that's the best way to invite God's presence and God's touch into any area of your life. You're, you're struggling in your business, you know, exalt his name in your business. You're, 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 you're struggling with you know any particular area of your life, just begin to exalt his name in that area. And the Bible says, this place that you have built where my name will be honored forever, what I'm going to do is, I will watch over it not over you but over it for it is dear to my heart so what God is saying is any 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 place any aspect of your life where you are going to you know dedicate for the honor of his name let's for example take you no know, any area that you're you're feeling that you you're not capable or your challenge, challenged let it be sometimes it could be your health you can say Lord my health is for the glory of your name with my strength I would like to bless you with my with my ability with my capability with all of my strength not just with all of my mind but even with all of my strength with my body I would like to worship you I'd like to honor you I'd like to speak on your behalf I'd like to tell people about you when you do that what you're doing is you're dedicating your body for the honor of his name then he will be obligated to turn to you and say, hey, wait, 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 this body that you just dedicated for the honor of my name, I will forever watch over your body. And I, this body is going to be dear to my heart. See, the temple that Solomon built was an inanimate object, right? It's not a living thing. But because that temple was dedicated for the glory or the honor of his name, God said, man, now... I have to pay close attention to this temple. I am going to, this place is going to be dear to my heart. Now, I want you to go and do that over everything that you possess. I want you to go, go and do that over your car and over your bike. I want you to do that over your marriage and over your children. I want you to do that over your career and your business. Say, Lord, I dedicate my business to the glory and to the honor of your name. And, and God is going to look down and say, wait, 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 because this is going to be for the honor of my name, I am going to watch over your business. I am going to watch over your relationships. And I am going to watch over your children. And I am going to watch over anything that you give for the honor of my name. Wow, can you imagine how cool would it be to have God as your watchman? <laughs> I, I know that he's not my watchman, but can you imagine God saying, I would like to be your watchman. I would like to engage and, and help you in, your, in, in, in any areas where you are going to exalt my name. Any areas where you are going to exalt my name. Anything that you are going to dedicate for my name. I am going to watch over it. And I am going to make sure that that thing is going to be dear to my heart. It's going to be dear to my heart i don't know who this is for but some of you the lord says your life is very dear to my heart your family is very dear to my heart your, your church is very dear to my heart your, your your finances that's that's very dear to my heart the lord is speaking this over some of you the lord is speaking this the lord is responding to the prayers that you're praying on the inside and he says yes that that one thing that you were willing to give up I, I know, and he is dear to my heart. When Abraham gave up Isaac as a sacrifice, saying, God, take him, do whatever, God said, Okay, now you're talking my language. Your son's going to be dear to my heart. And in fact, the Bible calls Abraham a friend of God. Nobody else, I don't think anybody else is referred so specifically as a friend of God. But God says, Wait, if you're going to do Go to this extent to honor my name And you definitely have to be You have to be dear to my heart Amen The Bible says in the book of Exodus Chapter 6 and verse 3 I appeared to Abraham To Isaac And to Jacob as El Shaddai God Almighty But I did not reveal My name Yahweh to them When was the first time that God revealed himself as Yahweh When he came down on the mountain and met Moses And he said, hey, here I am, I am Yahweh Full of compassion You remember we read that verse last week Full of compassion and unfailing love, right So all the way till the days of Moses Yahweh was not revealed to people So all that they had a revelation of was El Shaddai know the two books in the Bible that where this word El Shaddai is used the most is the book of Genesis and the book of Job and if you know Job was a contemporary of Abraham he did not live later after the book of Psalms because what we think is because he came around the book of Psalms he should be somewhere around David's time no Job the book of Job in fact was the first book of the Bible to be written and about 30 31 occurrences there are about 48 occurrences of this word in the Bible El Shaddai but out of the 48 occurrences 31 occurrences come in the book of Job okay and and about 10 or a little more than that come in the book of Genesis so today we're going to study El Shaddai everybody say El El Shaddai you remember I taught you something last week I said, when we call upon His name, everything that is packed in His name, everything that is hidden behind that name is released in the atmosphere, amen. So when we say El Shaddai, we just received a inheritance, we just received an impartation, we just received a blessing that is available in that name, okay. So that is the hunger and the excitement with which you should say El Shaddai, are you ready? Come on, one, two, three, go. El Shaddai, Amen, Amen. So, so this word is translated as Almighty in, in the English Bible. If you read this, uh, you know your the Book of Psalms and in the Old Testament, specifically in the Old Old Testament, this word would be translated as El Shaddai. And and like I mentioned, it's used over forty eight times in the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. It's used exactly 48 times if I'm not wrong. Now the meaning, the exact meaning of El Shaddai remains still debatable. Because some people say it means God Almighty. Some people say something else. Different people say different uh, uh, things about what Shaddai really means. So what they do is they try to go into the root word of Shaddai. And they try to bring out different understanding of what that could mean but irrespective of what Bible scholars teach us, the best way for us to understand what that name means and reveals to us today is to go back and check a pattern in the scriptures wherever it is used that's what we've been doing with Yahweh that's what we did with Elohim that's what we did with Adonai and that's what we'll do today also what we'll do is we'll go back into scriptures especially the book of Genesis And we will examine those places where this name El Shaddai is used. And we will try to derive and understand the pattern that is used in the book of Genesis wherever El Shaddai is used. Let's jump to the book of Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. And when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord or Yahweh, he appeared to Abram. What did he say? Who appeared? It was Yahweh who appeared. But what did he tell Abraham? He told him, I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. Now you have to serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. He was inviting Abraham into that personal relationship with himself. And he said, this is what I expect of you, Abraham. I expect that you Live a blameless life And that you serve me faithfully If you go to the book of Job That's the same testimony that God had about Job Do you remember the testimony That God said about Job in heaven Even to Satan He said Have you considered my servant Job He is blameless A man of integrity And there is no man on earth like this man Job Now God finds another man called Abraham And tells him Wait a minute, now I am El Shaddai And because I am El Shaddai I expect you to serve me I expect you to walk before me blamelessly I expect you to represent me In, 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 the, in your best possible way And then he says, verse 2 Because I am El Shaddai And, and because I expect you to uh, You know live a blameless and faultless life this is what I am going to do I will make a covenant with you I am going to make a promise with you I am going to swear an oath with you I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants what is God doing now God is entering into a covenant relationship with Abraham why? Because God sees that Abraham's willing to live blameless and he's willing to be faithful to God, serve God faithfully. And now God says, now because you are willing to be faithful and blameless before me, I'm going to make a covenant and I'm going to guarantee that you're going to have countless descendants. Wait. Now, if God is speaking that to somebody who is on his way to being a child or whatever It makes sense But if you read the previous verse You saw that Abraham was 99 year old When this verse happened And this is about 24 years From when Abraham started following God 24 years of following God With no results 24 years of walking with God And no results 24 years of loving God And no results Now God comes and tells him Wait Wait There is something that you've been missing out, Abraham. I want you to do whatever you're doing faithfully. I want you to walk before me blamelessly. Because I know the mess up that you've had with Hagar and and you've created an Ishmael in this process whereas that was not my plan for you. But if you're willing to serve me faithfully and if you're willing to be blameless before me in this season, I am promising you something. I am going to make a covenant with you by which I'm gonna give you countless descendants. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to take you from where you are, where you are single, to a place where you are going to be countless. Somebody say this, I am becoming countless. My life will be countless. Nobody will be able to measure my life you know the last week I, I read this uh, article about how Jeff Bezos has become the first person on planet earth to, to hit 200 billion 200 billion nobody has made that much money in their entire life his net worth is currently 200 billion and that too it happened during a time when the whole world is losing money here is one man who is making money man but then I, I, I look at that and I say wait this this guy's money can still be counted. <laughs> Come on now. Somebody can still measure it and, and put a number to it and, and, and say that this is how much he's worth. Yes, he is the, the the most worth person on planet earth right now, but they can still measure it. It can still be counted. It can, there is still a calculated calculator that is invented to measure what he owe, what he owes, what he has, what he owns, right? Come on now. Am I talking to somebody who is going to be immeasurable? The greatness on your life will be immeasurable by a, a unit, you know, of, you know, dollars will not be enough to measure the greatness on your life. What is the most expensive currency in the world? Uh, You know, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, whatever. You call them all out. None of them will be able to measure the greatness that I am going to bestow upon you, says the Lord. Why? Because that's the covenant that I'm making with you. That's the promise that I'm making with you. That if you walk with me, if you serve me, I am El Shaddai God. There is nothing that is impossible with me. If you will... Acknowledge the El Shaddai God in your life. There is greatness coming into your life that is beyond your wildest imagination. That is coming into your life that is beyond what you can count or measure or put your finger on it and say, this is it, this is the maximum, this is the limit, this is the boundaries, this is is as far as I can grow. No, no, no. There can be no measure, there can be no end. Verse 4, He says, this is my covenant with you, and I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. And he is giving him detailed description of how I'm going to make you countless. And he says, I'm going to make you a father of a multitude of nations. When we look at the scripture, we think that Abraham became a father to the nation of Israel. No, he didn't just become a father to one nation. He became a father to multitude of nations. Multitude of nations. Verse 5. What's more is this. I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abraham. Instead, you will be called Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations. Now, when Ishmael was born... He was not, his identity had not yet changed. But when Isaac was born, his identity had changed. He was no longer Abraham. Now he was the father of many nations. That's what Abraham means. When Ishmael was born, he he was born out of that flesh, out of that place of brokenness, out of that place of failure, out of that place of uh, lack in his life. But now when Isaac is going to be born, He's going to be born out of a different identity. So, this revelation of El Shaddai God did something very personal and real to Abraham. His identity changed when he saw El Shaddai. His identity changed when he saw El Shaddai. You know, another man, Jacob, his identity changed when he wrestled with this El Shaddai and he became Israel. There are so many people in the Bible whose identity changed and and they got a completely new understanding. You know, Sarah was originally called Sarai and her identity changed to be Sarah to the mother of all nations, to the mother of many nations before God could use her to become a mother of many nations. How we do life is that we will measure the worth of a person and then we say, okay, now you're a billionaire right you will say okay show me your income tax returns show me all your properties show me let me evaluate you and then I will call you a billionaire right but God is the other way with God it's the other way God doesn't wait for you to become a father of many nations before he calls you a father he first calls you a father he first changes your identity and then he gives you what has to be given in that identity you know, so many of us, we are waiting to be healed so that we can say, oh, I am no longer a patient. You know, whatever sickness you may have, whatever challenges you may have, it's very normal to say, okay, I, I, I am a diabetic or I have anxiety or I, I am into depression. Whatever issues, it's very natural for us to say, this is my identity. But God says, no, no, no. You first change your identity and then I will manifest that identity through your life. And for for that identity to change, you need to encounter not yourself, but you need to encounter El Shaddai. See, what happens with so many of us is, oh, if only I can just, just study myself a little bit more and know my strength and my weakness, I know if I'm a pastor or a prophet or a teacher or an evangelist. No, 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 that's not how it works here. You don't study yourself to know who you are. You study your El Shaddai God to know who you are. Because when you see him is when you see yourself. When you have a revelation of who he is, is when you have a revelation of who you are meant to be. Now when Abraham is hearing this from God, it doesn't make any sense to him. Can you imagine Abraham listening to this promise from God? 24 years of serving God with no results, with no change, with no breakthrough. The promise that God gave didn't even come to pass. What do you think you and I would do if we were in Abraham's place? You're like, yeah, right God. That's, you know, I know, you know, we will fight with God or we will, we we will give up. We will go crazy. But here was Abraham. He was willing to let his name be changed. Can you imagine how? people would have to refer to him. Every time people would refer to him after that day, he would, he, you know how hard it would be for Abraham to take that? Like every time people would call him Abraham, he would feel like they are making fun of him. Because he doesn't have even a child and here is people calling him father of many nations. And And you know as funny as it may be, as contradictory as it may be, that is how God works in our life if we are willing to let the Lord work in our life if we are willing to let the Lord change our identity today if we are willing to let the Lord give us a new identity what are your problem areas? I want you to redefine your identity after an encounter with your El Shaddai I want you to redefine your identity Where wherever, if it's your marriage I want you to go back and speak what Jesus is speaking over your marriage if it's your finances I want you to speak what Jesus is speaking over your finances. If it's your relationship with God, I want you to speak what God is speaking about you over your walk with God. Whichever area. So that you have a fresh identity this morning of who God called you to be. Of how God sees you. Stop referring to yourself as a poor, wretched, sinner or... You know, somebody that is worth nothing and somebody that is unwanted and somebody that is rejected and, and hurt and betrayed. And all of they may be real things, but they are, that cannot become your identity. Your identity is that you are an Abraham. Your identity is that you are a Sarah. Your identity is that you are a friend of God. Your identity is that you are a worshipper. Your identity is your that that, that that you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Your identity is that you are a branch of Jesus Christ. That is your identity. This morning, if you come to El Shaddai, God, you cannot go back with the, with the same understanding about who you are. It has to change. It has to change. And as soon as God changed his identity, something unlocked in Abraham's spirit. <laughs> this infertile man became fertile. At the age of 100. At the age of 100, this infertile man became fertile. So you, you remember, 99 when God appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, how old was he? 99. How old was he when Isaac was born? He was 100. So technically, it was the previous year when Isaac was conceived. You know, it takes, you know, anybody who knows biology, it takes 9 months. Right? Come on, talk to me. Yes. So, This guy, all of a sudden, as soon as his identity was changed, this man became fertile, Sarah became fertile, and their relationship started producing results. What, What was stuck and stagnant for 100 years, anybody who has had to wait for 100 years, let me just see your hands, let me. 100 years, anybody who's been waiting for a promise from God for 100 years? No, are you sure? Here is an example of somebody who was stuck in the same place for a century and then all of a sudden things begin moving in his life when his identity changed. My prayer is that some of you will get this revelation so deep into your spirit that you are going to go out of this place with a a renewed mindset that now I am fertile. Now I am productive. Now anything that I touch, that area will blossom. Now anything that I speak, it shall come to pass. Now anywhere that I put my money into, there shall be multiplication. And there shall be no more loss in that one business that I put my money into. No, 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 no. Now my identity is different. My identity is different. Now I'm not going to be producing Ishmael's. Now I'm going to be producing Isaac's. See, it's not that, not that Abraham could not produce children before that he produced the wrong kind of children before according to the book of galatians ishmael was was born in the flesh but isaac was born according to the promise isaac was born as a revelation as a fulfillment or an overflow of the spiritual capacity of abraham you know your physical capacity nobody cares that's gonna last like a 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years. But your spiritual capacity can bless generations to come. Hundreds and thousands of years later, what you have done in your spiritual capacity will still stand the test of time. Wow, I I, I don't know if you get any of this, but I'm just still going to preach. I'm still going to give you what God is telling me. El Shaddai, God is here to bless some of you is El Shaddai God. You know when God came to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob God came specifically to tell them how he is going to bless them how he is going to prosper them and, and it says in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 3 May God Almighty bless you and give you many children and may your descendants multiply and become many nations. Again, you see that God Almighty term? That's the word El Shaddai as the term El Shaddai. He's saying, may El Shaddai, may he bless you and may he give you many children. Here is again a term about multiplication, about increase. Now this is coming from a place where their identity, their family identity is changed already. And Isaac is speaking to Jacob and saying, now that our identity is different, now I'm speaking over you. May this El Shaddai God, may he bless you. May he give you many children. May your descendants multiply and become many nations. Amen. So, when you have a revelation of this El Shaddai God, it's not possible that you continue to remain in lack, that you continue to remain in poverty, that you continue to remain in the little that you've got. You are going to multiply. So, this morning, I'm inviting you into that place of a revelation of El Shaddai. And as a result of this revelation, I'm inviting you also to multiply. What do you have left? What do you have left? That is going to multiply. Whatever you have, that is going to multiply. It may be that one last jar of oil that you've got left in your house. That little jar, that is not going to run out. That is going to multiply. When El Shaddai God walks into your house, what do you have left? Five loaves and two fish and you've got 5,000 people in front of you. No problem. This El Shaddai God is going to walk into your life and then that five loaves and two fish is going to be more than enough. There is going to be leftovers after feeding 5,000 people because this is a God of multiplication. That's who this God is. Amen. Amen. You know, when we just say God Almighty, everything is possible, it doesn't make a lot of personal sense till we go into the story and we and interpret every scripture where this term El Shaddai is used and we see that every time this term El Shaddai is used it is to bless people it is to multiply God's children the next time it is used is in 35 Genesis chapter 35 and verse 11 read it with me then God said I am El Shaddai God Almighty be fruitful and multiply and you will become a great nation." and even many nations now god is speaking to jacob who has been uh, named as israel and now god says be fruitful and multiply because you will become a great nation even many nations kings will be among your descendants in other words you will be a father to kings you will be a ruler over kings you will be you will have authority over your king over kings they will be your children They will come to receive from you That's what God promises to Jacob Or Israel God says now Because I am El Shaddai God Almighty Be fruitful and multiply You know if when you Go into the New Testament Jesus said this to the disciples He said All authority in heaven and on earth Is given to me Now therefore go and multiply Go and make disciples Go and preach the gospel And baptize people in my name What was the context to which Jesus sent them out? It was the fact that all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. When we lack that understanding of who Jesus is, then we cannot multiply. But when we have that understanding of who God is, then it becomes very easy for us to multiply. See, when we don't see Jesus as the person with ultimate authority, then we will fear our government, we will fear our families, We will fear our circumstances, we will fear our future, we will fear that that spouse, we will fear that relationship, we will fear that boss at work, we will fear all kinds of people. But when we see that Jesus is a person who is God the ultimate authority, when we see that He is El Shaddai, He is God Almighty and He has commanded me to be fruitful and multiply. You know when God is speaking to Jacob in this particular scripture, Jacob has already multiplied. He's already had 12 children. Wait, then what is God speaking about? Why is God speaking to a man who has already done his job in life of physical children? Why is God going and telling him, now you've, because I'm El Shaddai God, now you've got to be fruitful and multiply. Because it was not just about physical multiplication. It was beyond what can be multiplied in the physical realm. And the Lord is increasing some of your ability to grasp what he has in store for you, where you're you know, sometimes we we limit our understanding to the physical blessings that we can can receive from God and the physical breakthroughs, but God is saying no, 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 yes, thank God for the physical blessings that you've got you've been walking in already but now I'm still commanding you to go and multiply because I am El Shaddai God because there is more, somebody scream, there is more What we have is not enough guys. What we have reached is not yet enough. The Lord says be fruitful and multiply because you are going to become a great nation. Even many nations and kings will be among your descendants. Can I just prophesy this over some of you? That some of you guys will mentor leaders that are going to make, bring changes in our society some of you are going to mentor professors and and phd doctors some of you are going to be spiritual fathers and mothers to kings and queens. Some of you are going to be spiritual fathers to Bollywood and Hollywood actors. Some of you are going to be fathers and mothers to CEOs of companies. Some of you are going to be fathers and mothers to to innovators in the society. Yes, yes, yes. The creativity that the Lord has put in your bosom that will unleash, that will manifest through your lifetime in the mighty Name of Jesus you will you will have kings among your descendants kings among your descendants is there any jacobs in this house is there any i is there any isaacs in this house is there any abrahams in this house is there any israels in this house the lord says kings will be among your descendants kings will come out of your body kings will come out of your creativity will come out of your life. Kings will come out. Yes. Because I'm an El Shaddai God, I command you to go and be fruitful and multiply. It's, it's not even a blessing or it is not even a request. It's a commandment. God is saying now that you have seen the El Shaddai God, you have to, you're obligated to be fruitful and to multiply. Genesis chapter 43 and verse 14 This is Jacob speaking To his sons about About Their relationship with Joseph When they go to meet Joseph Jacob is now blessing His sons, his 11, 10 sons He's blessing them and he says May El Shaddai Give you mercy As you go before this man The other translation would be May this El Shaddai give you favor or compassion may may wherever you walk in may you find favor you know the previous time that they walked into Joseph's presence they came without much favor but this time they, because they received a blessing from their father, a blessing of El Shaddai God, the Bible says they had favor with Jacob, they had favor with Joseph, and they had a meal with Joseph, and they had an understanding of who Joseph was. And a relationship that was broken for decades was restored because of that favor. That favor of that El Shaddai God. So can I pray and I hope that, that there will be relationships that will be restored this week in the name of El Shaddai. That this week there will be misunderstandings that has been going on for a long time that will be cleared out in the name of El Shaddai. Amen. The things that has been unpardonable, unforgivable, you will find divine mercy and compassion and favor and, 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 and your life will be restored this week in the name of El Shaddai. In the name of El Shaddai. In the name of El Shaddai. Because he is God Almighty. He is about to show mercy on somebody. These guys don't even deserve being shown mercy. But because their father blessed them, they received mercy this time when they went. The first time their father just sent them as businessmen. Only as shepherds. But this time, the father sent them as blessed people. Those that have a revelation of El Shaddai now, when they stand, leaven, guys, they are walking into the presence of Joseph. They are walking with that blessing of their father. Now they cannot go back without uh, without receiving mercy, without receiving favor. Amen? Amen. Now, we jump to chapter 48. This is a place where Jacob is blessing Joseph's children. Do you remember that time when Joseph brought Ephraim and Manasseh? to be blessed by Jacob. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty or El Shaddai appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And with that same blessing, he began to bless Joseph's children. Isn't that amazing? God did not come and speak personally to Joseph, but God did come and speak personally to Jacob. And what what Jacob did is, Because I have had a revelation of this El Shaddai God, I am going to open up this revelation to some of you. And you are going to experience the same blessing that I experienced because I saw this El Shaddai God. And you are going to experience the same greatness over your life because I saw this El Shaddai God. Now, wait a minute. It doesn't even make sense to bless Jacob, bless Joseph. Joseph currently is the Prime Minister of Egypt. His children has everything that they need. But still, Jacob says, you you don't have something that I have. I have a revelation of El Shaddai and I'm going to bless them in the name of El Shaddai. I'm not blessing them about money and and breakthroughs alone. I'm speaking the name of El Shaddai over them. I had an encounter with El Shaddai and now, now I am speaking this El Shaddai over them. You know, when you walk out of this place, if you've had a revelation of who El Shaddai is, when you see people that are broken, hurting, man, you are entitled to release this El Shaddai God over their life. And so this El Shaddai that has been my El Shaddai all these years, all these 120 years, I, I speak that blessing upon your children. I speak that blessing upon your family. And I speak that he will be El Shaddai to you too. Genesis 49 and verse 25 this is this is jacob blessing uh, Joseph again this time he's blessing joseph along with all the 12 sons, okay before he was about to die he called all the 12 and he began blessing them from reuben simon levi judah he was blessing all of them right but when it came to joseph he stopped he said with joseph i have to give him a special blessing He did not call on El Shaddai in any of the other 11 sons that he blessed. When he came to Joseph, he said, may the God of your father come to help you. (laughs) Not just may may God come to help you, but the God of your father, may he come to help you. May El Shaddai bless you with the blessings of the heaven above and the blessings of the watery depths below and the blessings of the breast and the womb in other words, every realm the heavens above is the spiritual realm the waters below or the world underneath is the demonic realm and the physical tangible realm that is on the earth in every realm may you have authority in the seen realm and in the unseen realm among angels and among demons In your workplace and in your family. May you have blessing and may you have favor in every realm. That is the blessing of El Shaddai God over some of us this morning. Anybody that is hungry enough to receive, the Lord says, I am giving you blessings in three different levels. In the angelic realm, in the demonic realm and in the physical tangible realm. Wow. Let me tell you the story of this lady by the name Naomi. We read about her in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 20. When she returned back to Bethlehem, she told the people, Naomi told the people around her. When everybody were offering to her saying, Hi, Naomi, how are you doing? You know, she responded saying, Hey, do not call me Naomi anymore. I am no longer that person anymore. Now you need to call me Mara. For the... Almighty has made my life very bitter for me. Verse 21. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the El Shaddai has sent such tragedy upon me? Do you understand what Naomi is saying? She's saying that my revelation of this El Shaddai God is what qualified me to be called a Naomi but now my life has turned around for a a wrong turn I have disobeyed God I left my place of promise and I walked out of the Bethlehem and I walked out of this covenant relationship that God made with me you remember when God appeared to Abraham God told him you walk before me And serve me faithfully and you live blamelessly and then I will make a covenant with you why because I'm an El Shaddai God now here is a woman who was already in that covenant who was already blessed by this El Shaddai God but she chose to be terrified by her physical circumstances when she saw that The whole land is in a famine. When she saw that, you know, the nation is going into a lockdown, when she saw that there is a pandemic, she started freaking out. And she started taking things into her own hand. She and her husband, Elkanah, both of them. And they decided to reposition themselves to a more happy place. To a seemingly more blessed place. Outside of the presence of God, outside of the covenants, outside of the blessings outside of that revelation of their El Shaddai God they chose to reposition themselves and you know what happened as a result her husband Elkanah died her both her children they were both married both of them died and now she is returning back to Bethlehem and now she says wait don't call me Naomi anymore my identity needs to change now, now you need to call me Mara because that is what El Shaddai did to me because of my stepping outside of the boundaries that he had allocated for me. Let me tell you this, I'm not trying to scare anybody in this place. As much as this El Shaddai God is going to bless you, it's very scary to get on the wrong side of El Shaddai God. Do you get what I'm saying? It's very scary, you know, and and most people will not tell you about this. Most people will just tell you, don't worry, everything will be alright. He just wants to bless you. He just wants to take care of you. Nobody will tell you the fact that this El Shaddai God is also a God who is keen on disciplining you. And if you make a mistake, He is keen on disciplining you. If you do not produce fruit, He is going to cut it out. You know, the Bible says, the axe is laid at the root of the tree. If you are not going to produce fruit, the axe will cut off the tree and throw it into fire it is a commandment what was the commandment in, in, in Genesis 35 because I am the El Shaddai God now you have to go and be fruitful and be, be blessed and multiply and grow and go to the next level but when we are disobedient and when we are not willing to be fruitful and when we walk out of that covenant relationship that we had with God the same God the same El Shaddai can manifest a side of his personality to you that can cause you to become Mara. But I'm praying for some of you that are, that, are, that are feeling like a Mara this morning. Some of you that are watching online and you're feeling bitter about where you are in life. You're, you're feeling hurt about where you are in life. That Naomi was not called Mara all her life. There was a season when she was a Mara But when she repositioned herself back into that covenant blessings, she came back to be called Naomi. She came back to be called the blessed woman. She came back to be called the healed woman. She came back to be called the favored one of God. This morning, if you have stepped out of that covenant promise, because of which El Shaddai has allowed some bitterness to enter into your life. El Shaddai has allowed some bitter experiences into your life. El Shaddai has allowed some disciplinary things into your life. You know, when we are disciplined, it is not so that we can be hurt and condemned like the rest of the world. We, when we are disciplined, it is so that the Lord can help us. We were talking about discipline in the in the conversation about understanding your spiritual father. and And I think at least multiple podcasts this week and next week is talking about discipline. It's necessary that you go back and listen to them and have a detailed understanding another scripture the book of Job chapter 5 and verse 17 it says but consider the joy of those corrected by God read it with me do not despise the discipline of El Shaddai when you sin do not despise the discipline of this El Shaddai when you sin when he disciplines you he is doing that to help you when he disciplines you he is doing that to 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 pour out his love afresh on you. Amen. When you walk with him blamelessly and faithfully you're going to see unconditional blessings upon your life. But when you step out of that blessings you may see some Mara experience in your life. But the Lord says do not despise that Mara experience. Do not start criticizing God because of the bitter challenges that you're going through. Instead come back and I will bless you again. You know, there's nobody, there is nobody in this house who is devoid of mistakes. Anybody who says that, you know, since the day that I got saved, I have never committed a sin. (laughs) Please let us know who you are. I would like to promote you as the senior pastor of this church. And I will sit under your feet and learn from you. There's nobody. The Bible says all have sinned and we have sinned before the salvation, we have sinned after salvation, we have sinned after an encounter with God, before an encounter with God, we have sinned and we have done everything possible to be positioned like Naomi, to be bitter. All of us have sinned, all of us have, uh, we deserve to be cursed. You know it was a curse that was following them into Moab that when they went into Moab, Moab was a cursed place. Moab was a descendant of Lot. Do you know Lot? Lot, how he had descendants was that his wife became a pillar of salt and then out of an incestual relationship, he had children with his daughters without even his knowledge, in his ignorance that happened and that was very sinful in God's eyes and according to the law in the Old Testament anybody that gets into a relationship like that is cursed according to Torah it's cursed when Naomi and Elimelech was repositioned from Bethlehem to Moab they just repositioned themselves from blessing to curse they didn't think that just because you know what what's What's the big deal about this identity? Look at the food these guys eat. Look at the clothes these guys wear. Look at the cars these guys drive. I'm sure that I can somehow manage here and then later repent and thank God for the blessings that I... And I'll even give a tithe out of this money that I make in Moab. You know, we will make all those things. What you don't understand is that we have repositioned ourselves from blessing to curse. And even if we make money, there will be cursed money. Even if we have relationships, there will be cursed relationships. And that's why the sons also died. Because the sons engaged into relationships in Moab. See, anybody else in Moab, it will not necessarily affect them like that. But somebody who is supposed to be blessed walks into Moab. Man, it's sad. And all of us have done things. All of us have violated the covenants that God has asked us to keep all of us have sinned all of us deserve to be cursed but aren't you glad we have good news through jesus christ the bible says in the book of galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 read it with me but christ has rescued us us from the curse that is pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross He took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Wow. Are you feeling relieved this morning? I was not trying to make you feel burdened and and heavy by telling you that you are under a curse. I was trying to tell you what Jesus rescued you out of. He did not just rescue you out of, you know, a bad habit, he rescued you from curse. A curse is something that can follow you for generations. A curse is something that doesn't die when you die. A curse is not something that will, that has an expiry date, so to speak. You know, it was Moab that was cursed or Lot and his children that was cursed. But how hundreds of years later, somebody who became a refugee in the land of Moab also experienced that same curse. The Bible says today because of our trust in Jesus. Anybody who believes in Jesus in this house. There is one name that is above every other name. There is no name that is given under heaven and among men by which we might be saved other than the name of Jesus. That is the name that is above every other name. Read it with me once again. But Christ Jesus has rescued us from the curse. Come on. If you really believe that you are rescued. Then then talk like a. Then read it like a free person. But Christ has rescued me. From the curse that is pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse. Make it personal. Say For my wrongdoing I'm no longer cursed I'm no longer cursed I'm no longer cursed No, 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 no I'm no longer cursed Verse 13, it continues It says, for it is written in the scriptures Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree When Jesus was hung on a tree, when Jesus was crucified on a wooden cross, he took our curse upon himself by which we can experience the blessings of his obedience. Verse 14, it says, through Jesus Christ, are you ready for this? Come on, are you ready for this? This is going to blow your mind away because it says, through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What was the blessing God gave to Abraham? The ultimate blessing that God gave Abraham was that I am an El Shaddai God. Because I am an El Shaddai God, you are going to multiply, right? Now, the Lord says, read it again now with me. Through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? You and me. Has blessed the Gentiles with the? Same blessing that he promised to Abraham. So now, today, anybody that believes in Jesus now has the same blessing and the same access to the El Shaddai God. They have the same access to this God of Abraham. You remember in the book of Exodus, we read this that God did not reveal himself as Yahweh God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How was God known to them? El Shaddai, El Shaddai. That's how God was known to them, and now, so that was that was the name that brought them all the blessing. And now here, Paul says the same blessing of Abraham is now your portion through Jesus Christ. Wow, we have the blessings of this El Shaddai God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Somebody thank Jesus. It says so that we who are believers, what will we receive? might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Now, how did Abraham have Isaac? If you read Galatians chapter 3 and 4, you would see Isaac is called as the child of promise. Okay? Now here it says, your promised Holy Spirit will come to you by faith. And now, It says that in the same way that God gave Abraham Isaac in a year from the time that he revealed himself as the El Shaddai God. He says, now you and I, we can experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit by faith, not just by works and by our righteousness, by faith. We experience that same El Shaddai God and through that El Shaddai God we have access to the promised Holy Spirit and this Holy Spirit what does he bring in our life? He is the one that makes us productive. He is the one that causes us to multiply. He is the one that fuels our life. He is the one that takes us from glory to glory. He is the one that takes us from strength to strength. He is the one that helps us increase in our faith and our belief and our understanding of who this Yahweh God is, who this Elohim God is, who is this Adonai God, who this El Shaddai God is. Ha! I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes. I'm sorry, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm on fire. I, I, I'm on fire in my spirit. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. You remember what God said? Because of the promise of Abraham becoming your promise, what will happen to you? You will now receive the Holy Spirit. Let's read this, okay? Isaiah chapter 44, and verse 3. It's a prophetic word for us for today. For this season, for right now, the Lord is speaking these scriptures over us. I want you to remember this over this week and meditate on these scriptures for more revelation. The Lord says, I will pour water on the thirsty land. All the thirsty people, just lift your hands. Let me declare this over you. I will pour water over the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground it doesn't matter how dry you feel this morning the Lord says I'm going to pour water and I'm going to release streams on dry land and I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants what does he say? I'm going to pour water and streams but what is this water and streams? it is His spirit and his blessing. You remember that? The blessing of the El Shaddai God and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Right? The Lord says, I'm going to give you the blessing of my name. The blessing of El Shaddai God and the promise of my spirit. I'm going to pour my spirit upon your offspring. Anything that you give birth to. It may be a business. It may be an idea, it may be a revelation, it may be a ministry, whatever you give birth to in the physical or in the natural, in the spiritual, in your financial realm or in your relatives, wherever you give birth to something, the Lord says, whatever you give birth to, I'm going to pour my spirit upon that. If it's a business idea that you give birth to, I'm going to pour my spirit upon that. If it's a ministry that you start, I'm going to pour my spirit upon that. If you're going to preach a sermon, I'm going to pour my spirit upon that sermon. If you're going to go try evangelizing somebody, I'm going to pour my spirit upon that. And my blessing will be upon your descendants. Are you ready for verse 5? Are you ready for verse 5? It says, Then this one will say, Am the Lord, and another one will call on the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hand saying, The Lord, and the name and name himself by the name of Israel. What do you see here? Identity, the identity is being changed. How how is the identity being changed? For I will pour water on the thirsty land. And streams on the dry ground and I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants then this one will say I am the Lord's another one will call on the name of Jacob and another one will write on his hand the Lord's and the name of Israel and, and will name himself by the name of Israel and what they will do is what what the Bible says is that we believers who've been released from the curse of the law, when we experience the blessing of Abraham, when we experience the promise of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on us, our identity will change. Now we will begin to associate with Jacob and Israel. Why? Because now we are descendants of Abraham. Now we are heirs of the promises of God over Abraham. Now we are, we are going to call ourselves the Lord's. It doesn't say we only call ourselves as the Lord's but also as us belonging to Jacob or Israel what does that mean it means that now we are the heirs and the real true children of Abraham so everything that God promised to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 it belongs to you and me if you're willing to let the Lord change your identity doesn't say the pastor will come and tell you you are no longer one kachi from now no 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 you will write on your own hand what is it Say, read it once again it says this one will say I am the Lord and another one will call on the name of Jacob another one will write on his hand We, we will call upon the name of the Lord and we will say I belong to the Lord this is my identity now sin sorry You don't have access to my life anymore. My challenges, my problems, you got the wrong address. You know that, have you had anybody stalk you on on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere? Anybody stalk you? And what did you do? You stalked them back. (laughs) What do we usually do? We just, you know, change our address, change our identity. And then this guy can't find me anymore come on now see let's say that some guy is you know I don't, I don't know about you guys but you know I'll tell you in relationships when a girl and a guy when they break up usually the girl will change her number <laughs> usually I don't know if you've done that ever but usually the girl will change her number cause she knows now this guy is going to misuse this number He's going to give this number to his friends. He's going to call me when he's, you know, in a low mood. He's going to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So let me change my number so that this guy cannot reach me anymore. So what are you doing this morning is very prophetic. You're changing your address. When you change your identity, your address is being changed. And the enemy can no longer find you in the same spot. The enemy can no longer find you in the same email address or so the same website it doesn't lead to the same person anymore. Now when I log into the same website it goes to somewhere else it it gives me a 404 four error right that's what it says the page cannot be found this person cannot be found your identity is changed you do not belong to yourself anymore friend you belong to the Lord some of you want to go back writing this on your wrist writing this in your spirit saying I belong to Jesus I belong to El Shaddai he has given me the promise of the holy spirit now because he's poured out this spirit upon me i'm no longer the same i'm no longer the same that i was yesterday now i'm a new creation now i'm somebody different psalms 91 verse 1 the bible says those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty may you find rest may you find protection may you find peace may you find restoration may you find your revival may you find your rejuvenation in the presence of God in the presence of this El Shaddai all these verses that I'm reading out they're all El Shaddai scriptures okay please go back and meditate on this I'll finish with this last text just quickly read this Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8 by faith Abraham obeyed When he was called to go out to a place That he was to receive As an inheritance And he went out Not knowing where he was going By faith He went to live in the land of promise As in a foreign land Living in tents with Isaac and Jacob Heirs with him of the same promise For he was looking forward To the eternal city A city that has eternal foundations whose designer and builder is God so there are three things that Abraham experienced one was that he experienced a change of identity okay the second is that he experiences divine protection because he came under the shadow of the Almighty God so he experienced protection when With Pharaoh, you know, same thing with Isaac and Jacob. Wherever they went, they were protected. They were covered. They couldn't be harmed. Amen? And the third thing that Abraham experienced was that his destination got changed. His destiny got evolved. I don't have time to teach much on this, but if I give these scriptures out to you, will you go back and meditate on them further and receive your own revelations and and go deeper? If I start teaching about this, you will have to fast and sit here till evening but I'm just sharing all these scriptures that God put into my spirit so that you can meditate on them and grow. The Bible says Abraham his blessing, his destination we may think was Canaan but it was, it was not. It says he was looking forward to a different city which has eternal foundations and whose designer and builder is God so this morning anybody that is coming under the covering of El Shaddai God Not only is your identity changed Not only are you are you going to be protected from the enemy But your destination is also going to be changed To something that the Lord is going to build for you To something that the Lord is going to design for you Do you remember where we started today? We started with the story of Solomon Of how he built a place to honor God Right? Now God says, now I am going to build something, I am going to design something that is going to be for your blessing. That is going to be your destiny. When you experience who I am as your El Shaddai God, not only will your identity change, not only will your protection be upgraded, but also your destiny will be changed. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, I promise you that this is the last verse for the day. And now that you belong to Christ You Are the true Children of Abraham Somebody say I'm the true child of Abraham You are his heirs, And God's promise to Abraham Belongs to you What did God promise to Abraham? God said I'm going to protect you I'm going to prosper you I'm going to multiply you And I'm going to give you a new name I'm going to give you a new identity so he says, now that you belong to Christ. If you disconnect yourself from Christ, you don't get any of this. That's the covenant that you have to be in. Okay? As long as you belong to Christ, as long as you're willing to say, this is my identity. I'm the Lord's. It's written in my hands. It's written on my heart. It's written all over my Facebook. It's written all over my Company, it is written all over my career that I belong to Jesus. It's written all over my family and relationships that I do not belong to myself, I belong to Jesus. Now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. There are physical children of Abraham on the planet even now, but the Lord says to some of you, You are the true children of Abraham, you are his heirs. And because you are his heirs, God's promises to Abraham is now. It belongs to you. Read this next statement with me. One, two, three, go. An encounter with El Shaddai will renew my identity, reinforce my protection and reposition my destiny. Once again, an encounter, lift your hands to him and read it with me. An encounter with my El Shaddai will renew my identity will reinforce my protection and reposition my destiny. One more time, scream it out loud. My encounter with my El Shaddai will renew my identity, reinforce my protection and reposition my identity. We receive this in Jesus' mighty name. All eyes closed. Let's lift up our eyes and our hearts to Jesus. Right now, let's hallow His name in this place, all over this place. Thank you for downloading today's sermon. We hope that this ministered to you and to your family. You can connect with us at dreamingrevival.com. You are welcome to drop into our Sunday services at 11 a.m. You can also tune in live at youtube.com slash Pastor God bless you. See you next week.